And I would argue that nothing happens by coincidence. They are trying to level the playing field. They are trying to bring down the West. And it sure seems that way to me. What is the ultimate agenda? Don't know. They're sick bastards, whatever it is. And uh, making everyone feel like capitalism is bad and evil and we need to embrace socialism and, and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid for the world our kids are growing up and hopefully people like us can can peacefully mount enough of a resistance where just through providing information to people that people wake up and, and stand up to this uh, what you know is, is very much a fascist dictator type of environment we find ourselves walking into. That is what we're walking into. It's really incredible. Let's talk about Nasera Gassera. I, I think a lot of the information around it our psyops. I'm just going to say that right now because I don't understand. You don't need a, a quantum computer and all this weird stuff in order to to run a, a, a financial system. They don't need all that, and they don't need all that. My son is a systems engineer for one of the largest remittance companies in the world. They don't use quantum systems. It's not necessary. So the fact that they're talking about all that in that light makes me think that that part of it is is goofy. Now, that being said, um, I do think that you could have everybody losing so much that the best thing to do is just reset everything. I think that could be a positive thing, but that's not the same thing as Nasera Gacera where everybody's i mean i don't know what do you what do you think well it kind of is i mean if you reset everything you're what are you resetting you're resetting debt because the country is so massively indebted yeah um, that could be if, good if not yeah well it, it could be but remember for everyone who has debt it's someone else. i mean what if for example you owned you know your family has owned uh yeah the people who you uh, own a, yep. a grocery store or your family has owned an apartment building for a decade or 20 years you worked your ass off to build and uh to save and to scrimp and to do it the right way you even were the you were the maintenance person every day yourself and yep, you, yep. you you know you collected rent and you did it right and then all of a sudden you're being told well you know sorry um you know it, it's all the money that's owed to you they don't have to pay you anymore and uh we're starting over so you know it's and you own it outright. You paid for it and you own it outright, but no one has to pay you any longer. I mean, maybe that's a bad example, but the point I'm getting at is that there are legitimate businesses and good people who have extended credit um, and they get left holding the bag now. You know, yeah, they're going to be hurt. I think, and, and for the people who have worked really hard, look, I think one of the things I learned early on is to stay out of debt um, and pay off always talked about um I'd be a victim in that because I've worked my butt off to not do things on credit as much as possible. So you know I'm the victim in all of that in that uh, everything resets and starts over uh the people who have made well okay fine and what if you own assets property or whatnot and it's you know what are the ramifications i think it is it it's it won't be a good thing it may end up for a lot of people being a good thing but i think when you cross that rubicon 
of debt forgiveness like that or starting all over there's going for everyone who's happy there'll be someone who's not and you know i don't know how it plays out but it looks like we could go down that road i mean logically you could you can connect the dots and say well what other choice do we have to pay off a debt burden that is unlike anything the world has ever seen as rates rise it becomes harder and harder and harder most of this debt was accumulated at the lowest interest rates in human history as rates rise this becomes a real problem so yeah is it is it something you could envision i could but i don't know i just haven't thought it through enough to think about is it a good thing or not but not the way they're describing it i i think that there's I think they're making it seem different than it. There's something wrong with how they're describing it that makes me the the whole quantum computer and the fact that they're making it seem different than it needs to be makes me think that they're it's a psyop. But I well, look, yeah. the number two the number two person at the Federal Reserve is Lael Brainerd, and I thought she was going to take over because Powell was appointed by. Um, uh, Trump. I thought he wouldn't get reappointed. He did, but Lael Brainerd was was appointed vice chair. She's a modern monetary theorist. She wants to get rid of the commercial banks. She wants to to be able to to um, send money directly to the public through their smartphone. Um, so we're not that far the away from currency. this type of ideology. Well, and the Bank of International Settlements said by 2025, every country has to have an operational. Uh, uh, central bank digital currency. There's something the U.S. is working on right now called products, uh, Project Cedar, I believe, which is the same thing as Mbridge, as in Mary Mbridge, which is cross-bank digital currency payment system. The difference is, is that the Mbridge usurps or sidesteps the SWIFT system. And so now you you have countries, and this was put together by the, uh, by the United Arab Emirates, um, China, and I think Singapore, and they did a month-long simulation, and it worked, where they can trade central bank digital currencies amongst themselves with instant settlement uh, and not go through the SWIFT system. Why do you think they did that? Well, the SWIFT system is the tool that was used to sanction. And so now these countries are all building an infrastructure. Not only are they, they, they formulating relationships that are free from the Western influence, uh, they're selling commodities for local currencies or for gold, but now they have a central bank digital currency platform that allows, for example, Turkey just issued their CBDC. So Turkey could trade with China over the Embridge and their digital yuan without going through the U.S. intermediary banks of the SWIFT system. It's a huge deal. It the, is a huge the, deal. The Western grip is being one finger at a time pulled back until they're not going to be able to hang on anymore. Starts with oil, moves to currencies, and, you know, what do you got left but a, a military spread too thin and an administration that's making the worst possible decisions. We're not doing things for the people. The other thing that's happening in the background are people dying suddenly because of this vaccine, and then we're not doing the necessary actions to protect our people from this death jab there are people dying and they're just they won't even admit to it so you wonder what that i it just it seems like we have a lot of traitors right now in our congress and everywhere i mean they're just traitors yeah it's frightening yeah I, and i'm gonna butcher the number but you know that the guy for the buffalo bills who, who collapsed on the field how scary was that well 
normally I think in a year there's like 80 athletes globally where they will have yeah. heart problems and collapse. I think the number is like 13, 1400 right now. I mean, I know I'm wrong on the numbers, but it's somewhere it's in close. that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's um, more misinformation. You know, I mean, you can, every commercial you ever see on TV for, for a, a, pro, a, a some sort of a, a vaccine or, or a, um, some sort of a treatment by any of the pharmaceuticals, half of the commercial is about, well, you know, you may experience nausea, bleeding eyes, uh, ringing in your yeah, ears, no, headaches. Yeah, it's scary listening you know, to that stuff. They never say a word about the vaccine. Not one word of the side effects have you ever I know. heard, right? So yeah, when you see this stuff happening, it's scary as hell. <clears throat> and again, was it intended or was it not? Well, that's the that's whole the point. That's part. why I don't, you know, I can see them being like getting back to the Nisera Gacera. I can see that happening to a certain extent, but not the way that I see it in the media. It seems so dumb the way that they're talking about it. I think that there's probably, but Hey, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, ah, it just doesn't seem right to me. Um, the way they're talking about it because I, you just don't need a quantum computer to do all this stuff. It just makes no sense. And then the other thing is I wanted to talk about the fact that we we are on the the brink of this whole thing happening. The the biggest banks in our country all said they were ready with the digital currency. They all said they were ready. So this is all going to go down any day. Yeah, well, it, it, it obviously the big bunny is is in preparation for what's coming, and um, you know you can see right now that. Um, there is a drive away from uh, cash. We are moving to a system where, you know, cash is is being. Um, I knew when 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 Nancy Pelosi in March of 2020 said viruses can live on cash and we need a digital currency. Uh, yeah. that the handwriting was on the wall, and uh, and I started talking about it then in all my podcasts. It's coming. Most of the the places that you'll go to down here in Southern Florida, you know, or lunch restaurants or cafes or delis or whatever, they all say we don't take hundred dollar bills. So we're already getting to the point where you know cash, no one carries it any longer. So it will be something that is coming. The fact that everyone has to have it implemented by twenty twenty five, according to the Bank of International Settlements, is you know reason enough to know that that it is coming. And um, maybe when you talk about FTX and the crypto catastrophes that we've seen. Maybe that was intended too. Maybe they knew that if they tried to regulate it, that the CBDC would 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 not be um, something that would be welcomed. It may not be as is, but if they let the crypto markets be unregulated uh, and you know let things blow up, then they can come and not only regulate away most of the crypto exchanges, but have a greater likelihood of seeing the CBDC introduced. And I would argue, look, we don't need more regulation, even in the crypto market. Look what Bernie Madoff did at, with right. highly regulated NASDAQ market. And, he was, uh, he was ahead you know, of JP the, Morgan. And, let's talk Bernie Madoff the was ahead of the, yeah. NASDAQ, he started it. Yeah. So when you talk about regulation, I don't know if that's what you need. In fact, 
you know, uh, if you just free markets in and of themselves ought to be able to sniff that stuff out. But I digress. The bottom line is, is that, yes, it is going to become a reality. Not only is Lael Brainerd number two at the, at the Fed, and she is a modern monetary theorist, she wants a, a central bank digital currency. And, and it's not because of the loss of privacy. That's not why. That's The government likes that. But the reason they want to do it is because money is created through it being lent into existence. The commercial banks have to lend the money into existence. And right now, the commercial banks have $2.18 trillion in the overnight repo market. And that receives interest at the federal funds rate of 4.3%. And as well, there's another $3.8 trillion in reserves that the Federal Reserve has to pay interest on, on at 4.4% at right now. So the bankers are making $650 million a day in interest by the Fed, leaving it there safely and not lending it out into the system at making much higher interest rates because they know that the economy is in trouble. They don't want to lend it out because the risk of default is greater than leaving it at the Fed. Well, that act of leaving it at the Fed is what is what the modern monetary theorist doesn't like, because when when the Fed buys the bonds from the banks, it suppresses interest rates. Now, the bank has two things they can do with that money. Mind you, the Fed created that money out of thin air. But that money, that's not inflationary until it gets out into the system. So far, all they did was buy the bonds, which dropped interest rates. Now, the banks have two options. They either lend it to you and I car payment, a car loan, home equity loan, a credit card, uh, a mortgage. So you can get 7% on a mortgage if you're a bank. You can get 19% on a credit card. You can get 8 or 9% on a home equity loan. And yet they're settling for three and four. Why? Because they don't want to lend it out into the system because they know that the system is going to break. You have the people closest to the information. The most influential wealthy people in the United States are leaving their money parked with the Fed. So if they don't lend the money out, they have to give it to the Fed and it be held in a reserve account. And that is deflationary, not inflationary. The fact they took bonds out of circulation and the money out of circulation is deflationary. Inflationary would be they lend it into an existence. Well, the Fed and Lael Brainerd wants to be able to issue programmable money to you and I where we need inflation. We need to pick things up into the holiday season. Give everyone $3,000 and program it so that it can only be sent on, spent on retail. Can't go to a, a marijuana dispensary. Can't buy cigarettes. Can't buy alcohol. But you can go to Nordstrom's and buy whatever you want. But if you don't use it, by December 31st, it expires. That is in the technology of the new central bank digital currency. They can program it. They can take it from you. And Lael Brainerd says, look, while it wouldn't be fought when we give money to people, it is less accepted to have to take it from people if we need to quell inflation, pull it right out of their accounts. So, you know, we are entering something that is not going to resemble what we've known our whole lives. It's scary. And this is why I believe you own gold and silver. It is not to get wealthy. It is because it is wealth that has outlived two world wars, German hyperinflation, the Great Depression, every pandemic, and is still immutable wealth. And the biggest money in the world is drawing down the supplies from the exchanges in a way that the world has never seen. There is the smallest amount of silver ever in the 140-year history of the London Metals Exchange. And they have publicly said that if the drawdowns 
Some 10,000 tons were delivered last year off the exchange. If it happens in 23, the way it did in 2022, there'll be no silver left. You have only 33 million ounces on the registered category backing the price setting mechanism of the West. And India imported 300 million ounces last year from these exchanges. They are running out of silver massively. Just a couple of days ago, um, Friday, I want to say, uh, there were, what was it? There was massive amount of gold delivered off of the exchanges just last Friday. Uh, I don't know if I have the numbers. I think I do. Let me see. Here it is right here. Um, I think, yeah, here it is. One big whale took 1,223 contracts of spot gold on January 11th. Buying spot gold means you're buying it for delivery. They spent $229 million on 100-ounce gold bars on Friday, January 11th. And then just the other day, uh, three, four days ago, bought another 505 spot contracts for $96 million. One person took delivery of over $335 million worth of gold bars over two days. Who's got that kind of bread? How is it that the, the exchanges are being bled down tremendously yeah. um, to where the London Metals Exchange and the COMEX, the two biggest epicenters of gold and silver in the world, are witnessing their lowest levels of inventory really on record. And where's it all going? The, the central banks of the East and all of the central banks other than the US bought 400 tons of gold in the third quarter. That is double the biggest third quarter acquisition and the most gold that they've ever bought since 1967. Central banks are using the suppressed paper price to empty the shelves. How do they, how do they suppress the price? I'll give you an example of how I hedge my own metal. Right now, if I want to hedge the gold that I have in my warehouse, I have to take the other side on COMEX so I remain market neutral. One gold contract is 100 ounces. It's worth $190,000. All I have to do is have $6,900 of cash in my margin account, and I can control $190,000 worth of gold. So what does that say for a commercial bank or a central bank who could put $500 million in a margin account? They can create whatever perception of reality they want because a gold contract at that rate, in other words, every every dollar is worth uh, 6900 or every dollar is worth $27 worth of margin or worth of leverage. And so you're talking, um, you can create whatever perception of, of reality you want when you can control at 27 times leverage the price of gold on the stock exchange, you're only allowed to do two times. That's been a law since the early 70s. But here you can do 27 times the influence for every dollar invested outright. And it's creating a perception of reality that gold and silver aren't performing the way they should be. Yet at the same time, the central banks buy more gold than any time since 1967. You see what they're doing. Suppressing paper, every stock indice, every bond indice, the real estate market and the crypto market. And it's not getting the attention that it deserves because it hasn't gone to the moon. But I'll say two more things about your, your listeners who own gold and silver. The last time the dollar was this strong, 
So it was five bucks an ounce. The dollar is inordinately strong and yet hung in there, up 3% for the year. Gold was flat, almost to the penny, both in dollar terms. If you look at what gold was at in, in the euro, it hit all-time high this year. It's up 12% in, in 2022, that is, up 12% in, in UK pounds. Why? Because the dollar was stupidly and unrealistically and unjustifiably strong. It's the prettiest mare in the slaughterhouse. You know, it's it's created distortion. So anyways, bottom line is, is that um, this is why you want gold and silver, because the things we've talked about today are happening. They're coming. They're bearing down upon us. And if you don't have some exodus from the system, potentially you're in big trouble. Well, I, it's like it's incredible because what you're saying really, really, really is true. And it's hard. And it's almost like they're purposely keeping the, the price down, the illusion, so they can keep buying and and convince everybody else not to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. How about the fact that the FDIC met a few weeks ago, their Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee, and it's on video where people are saying, I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast out too much information to the general public. Uh, and it says, because... It says, uh, this is a crazy one. He says, you've got to think of the unintended consequences of, ta of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe the people in this room do, one FDIC member commits. So basically saying that there are going to be bail-ins coming soon, that there's going to be market problems coming in soon. The reality of it, Sarah, there's $125 billion in FDIC insuring $9 trillion in deposits. What and you just said, so, I, I, what that statement said a lot. Holy crap. Well, yeah, it don't does. 100%. The FDIC is a scam. Don't inform the public because they have more confidence in the banking sector than we do, and it's going to create a scare. Absolutely. And he says he claimed that although institutions will still be able to figure out the dire implications of what's being discussed at this meeting, the general public should not because that would lead to unintended consequences. So in other words, they're saying that there's going to be a run on the banks as a result of system the systemic nature. And that's even the, 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 the group within the FDIC is the Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee. There are all these banks are systemically tied together. It's like a, it's like a chain of dominoes, and one goes, it brings down a lot. Like That's Lehman why they had Brothers. to bail out AIG. Yeah, but AIG was the reinsurer of all of these these contracts. So you take out a contract and then you reinsure it with a com company like AIG, so that if the counterparty fails, that AIG will back it up. Well, AIG was backing up too many of these counterparties that were all starting to fail. And so they all had to be bailed out. Now they'll bail you in. And what that basically means is you have money in a bank. They'll bail you in. You become a general creditor to the bank. If, the, if they really want to get tough on inflation, all they would have to do is raise the, the banking reserves. Because right now, the bank doesn't have to have any money at all in reserves. So when you give them money, you're giving them a loan. Uh, and almost a, uh, an interest-free loan with the rates they're paying you. And if they go bankrupt because they made bad bets, 
now they won't bail out anymore. They'll bail in. And bail in means they will take the money. And in Cyprus, they did it with anything over a hundred thousand. They'll give you your hundred thousand, let you keep it, and then the rest goes to bail in the bank. And any anything left over, if there is any, is given back out in a pro rata fashion. But most likely, it will be shares in an insolvent bank. It's and this is what they're talking about. The sooner the people understand this and start, you know, they talk about M two the this this. M2 um, money supply decreasing at the fastest rate ever. And true that it is. But what M2 is, is a a function of um, bank deposits. And what you're seeing, it's not that bank deposits are disappearing, cash in circulation and bank deposits. What it is, is the fact that people are pulling their money out of the banks, A, because they're distrustful, or B, because they just have to use it to pay for the inflated cost of living. Yeah. And so everything that we are hearing is illusionary. That's the bottom line. And the banks are a, a a place that people, if they have too much money in the bank, should really think twice about leaving it there in a system where FDIC is a scam. And they're telling you this. And it leaked out in a video. Someone had it on their iPhone or whatnot. I don't know where it came from. But you can search it and find this FDIC video and they they basically saying that there's going to be a run on the banks. The institutions will figure it out first. Don't tell the public. So it's it's shameful. But when when do you think? I mean, I know it's hard for us. We've been trying so hard to come up with dates for all this. It seems like we're getting closer to this whole thing going down. But when when do you? Maybe when predict? the Fed pivots. Maybe when the Fed pivots and and signals that they've chosen inflation over austerity and the rest of the world at that point just says the hell with the dollar and really it starts to accelerate the move away from it. Um, I don't know when. Look, Sarah, when I look at I'll I'll answer it this way. When I look back at 33 years worth of business and, and, and this is the truth, literally almost everything we have ever talked about has happened. It's come true and we're not magicians or soothsayers or or profits, because the things that we base our conclusions upon um, are rooted in mathematics and economics and a sprinkling of old school logic. And what I've learned is that the mathematics and the logic, that being mother nature, always comes true, but virtually never within a grenade shot of when you think it will. It will express itself, but Look, the, the reality of it is that we've painted ourselves into an, a corner and either we raise rates, which create um, the greatest depression of all as markets collapse, or we do what all the other governments before us have done, going back to Roman times, choose inflation over the tough decisions. And that is what the bond traders are telling you is going to happen. The inversion of the yield curve between the 10-year and the three-year, where you're getting more money on a three-year uh, bond than you are on a 10-year. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be the inverse of that. Well, what that means, the the Fed, the, the bond traders are expecting the Fed to lower rates in the next year or less. Pivot, because the higher the rates go, and, and look, it's a bunch of crap anyway. We have interest rates right now at 4% and inflation at double that. Now, that's if you believe what the CPI is. The CPI has been massaged so much that if you just go to John Williams' website, shadowstats.com, where he measures inflation based upon the way it used to be measured, we're at double-digit 13 14 15%. So even if you believe that 7 7.5% inflation is okay while receiving 4% on a 10-year yield, 
that's a negative, uh, a real negative return of 3% compounding. So you're going backwards. So, you know, they talk about raising rates, fine. You're still not even getting up to even when you factor in inflation. So everything is an illusion right now. And I think if you're not a contrarian, you're destined to be a victim right now. And this is why I tell people to buy gold and silver, not to become wealthy, but because it is wealth and uh, wealth that has outlived everything that the world has thrown at it. And this this one is is nothing to shake a stick at. This is the end of the Western Keynesian experiment. Something new is going to replace it, whether it be a BRICS currency or a new world reserve system or a new dollar, whatever it is, the one that we have is gasping for air and going in and out of consciousness. And I, I think um, it's just a matter of time before they render it dead and obsolete and a new system um, comes from the ashes. And whether it's debt forgiveness, whether it's gold back, whether it's central bank digital currency, that all remains to be seen. But what is pretty obvious is that this system is on its last days. It's as big as the Roman Empire falling, right? I mean, it's a big thing in, his, in Same history. thing, yeah. Yeah, it's the same yeah, thing. 100%. It's, it's a big thing in history. Now, there's two things that have happened that is that tells me that it's just a big farce. Um, the, the, the We had three or two quarters of contraction, and they acted like there wasn't a recession. Now they are saying that there's going to be a mild recession, and they're admitting, admitting to it, but they're saying that it's going to be a mild recession. When you see all that stuff, what do you read between the lines? the recession that everyone denies exists is actually going to get a lot worse in my opinion. And I don't see a soft landing. I don't see it being just a, a mild They already changed the definition of what a recession is to fit their agenda. Uh, I don't think we're going to get anywhere near 2% inflation. I think inflation hasn't peaked. It, it may have for a short period of time, but I don't think we're going anywhere near 2%. And um, not only from all the, the money that's been pumped into the system over the last several years, it's working its way through, but the fact that the Fed is already, that the bond market is telling you the Fed's going to pivot and reinflate. It's the only way out of this problem. If rates rise too high, everything blows up. And that's the part of the reason why I think maybe they did what they did with Russia. There's your villain. There is your cause and effect. You, you you allow them to blow up the system instead of the Fed, because the only way that you ever get back to normal is to raise interest rates above the rate of inflation. And I think they figure the only way to stop inflation is to blow up the economy. And I don't know if they want to be the ones responsible for that. But um, no, I don't think we've seen the worst of this, not even by a long shot. I not think that, you, you know, the, the evisceration of the strategic petroleum reserve uh, certainly helped bring prices down and, and, and there has been a little bit of a respite, kind of a, you know, everything breathes, even markets, but I don't think uh, we've seen the end of inflation. I think it will get much worse if the Fed has to come in and reaccommodate and lower rates and start quantitatively easing again. So, no, I, I think that, uh, again, this recession that everyone thinks denies it even exists, no, I think it gets worse and it'll get worse this year. Well, it's obvious that they're prepping people for something. So what, how do we get silver from you? Because I keep saying silver. I know gold is great too, but a lot of people can't afford great gold. If you can't afford gold, you want gold because otherwise you got too many wheelbarrows full of silver. But I, I tell people to buy from you because 
A, you have the best service I've, around, period. And you have the Thank best you. prices in the country. So what more do you want besides service and pricing? Yeah, in order to give your, so our new website is nearly done. We've had, it's been an awful experience. If I never have to deal with computer programmers ever again, it will be too soon. Um, but <laughs> it's Everybody. close. It's almost done. But they are able, to, you are able to send us an email at info at Miles Franklin and write Sarah sent me. And uh, you will have, and any questions you have, we'll send you an updated price list. We'll answer your questions. We've been doing this for 33 years without a customer complaint. Never, ever. Uh, we've done 8 billion in sales that way. We're one of only 27 U.S. Mint authorized resellers, and we are licensed and bonded in the state of Minnesota. One of the only major companies in the United States to be licensed and bonded in what is a federally non-regulated industry. That's why most of the companies in America do not do business in Minnesota. It is why when I moved to Florida two years ago, I left my corporate office in your home state of Minnesota because I, I understand the significance of that accreditation and holds us to a higher standard. So I can assure you, your listeners won't be our first customer complaint in 33 years. Send us an email, info at Miles Franklin. Say, Sarah sent me. If you have questions that you want answered, ask them. If you want to be contacted by one of my brokers, every one of them are some of my oldest and best friends. All 14 brokers that we have go back to, most of them go back to elementary school, high school, and college. Uh, we all have a similar way of treating the customer. Uh, as if this is their family business. And in many ways it is. So she, Sarah sent me in the subject line and I promise you, Sarah, that they will be treated as family and uh, uh, promptly responded to with uh, no obligation of anything other than uh, us ask, doing what they've asked. Yeah, I tell people all the time, just please get some silver. And, I, you know, I, I know what's, we're selling something, but this is like one of those things where I, I really believe that what we're selling is, is, um, something that it's a win, win, win in all directions. Cause the people, people really need this for protection and the worst case scenario in this, is what I say too, is the worst case scenario. You just change it in and you're not out anything. Absolutely. No question about it. And I appreciate your endorsement. It means a lot to me. And we hold that incredibly. Well, you know, we, we hold your endorsement very close to our heart, take it very, very seriously and uh, are honored to work with your listeners. Well, and I wish we weren't in this situation, honestly, but we are. And so the best thing to do is that I have, I've had a lot of people who have, you know, everybody agrees with me and they just, it's just something important to do. So thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate you're the best. I, I tell you, you're the best and I really enjoy our conversations and thank you. I hope you have a wonderful 2023. I know we're going to talk soon. And let's just keep in contact. People are scared and we need to do what we can to get the information out there. I, uh, I will love to keep, keep the conversation going. And, uh, you know, I'm always just a phone call away. If you ever need to uh, get out of the cold and come down south, you're ever near uh, Miami or Boca Raton, let me know. I'd love to sit down and meet you again in person and chat in real time. But in, in the meantime, I'm always here and, would love to come back on again in the first quarter and see what the world is throwing at us and together see if we can make heads or tails of it. Oh, that's great, Andy. And I'm going to take you up on that someday. <laughs> Considering now I have land in Florida. So, okay, well, good. Well, there well, you go. So stop yep. on by and say hi. Okay, let's talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Stay well. 
Bye, Sarah.